you're listening to Those Canadian Lads Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jeff and Brad. Oh, let me tell you a tale of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A franchise awash with ineptitude that sports a 39.2% winning percentage. To prove how bad that is, the team would have to win 100% of its games for the next 25 and a half seasons just to get to a 500 record. A team that in 45 seasons has sent only four players to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Most recently, hard-hitting safety John Lynch. It should surprise no football fan that all four of the Hall of Famers are from the defensive side of the ball, as most casual observers have always thought of the Bucks as a boring team to watch. After 13 years of missing the playoffs and not winning a game in those said playoffs since 2003, their first Super Bowl win, the winds of change finally blew into Tampa Bay. Now, this team looked to be improving with a better coaching staff and a D that improved all of last year, but nobody cares about that. Terrific Tom Brady rode into town and brought some of his friends with him. It was of no surprise to me that all of the roster additions that Tom Brady insisted upon and exercised his will to ensure happened scored in the most recent Super Bowl. Because what is the GOAT if not someone who can change your team with his culture of winning and sway? Before his arrival, I was just another sad Tampa fan who resigned himself to watching six or seven wins, but... Could this year be different? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers shocked the world, the experts, and the Kansas City Chiefs, although Vegas had them as only a three-point underdog, and brought home the Lombardi Trophy. I cheered and jumped for joy in my living room while enjoying a celebratory bourbon as the clock ticked down. Redemption! My loser team had won once again. And if Patrick Mahomes had thrown for two less yards, I would have won $400 on a $4 bet. But beggars can't be choosers, and I'm not complaining. I'm Jeff. That's Brad. Welcome to those Canadian lads. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa Bay Super Bowl champs. Jeffrey, congratulations. Tampa Bay, known for being the Super Bowl champs, obviously, and apparently they're prostitutes. And unlike a Bell radio station, we're not getting shut down tonight. How you doing, buddy? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. And yourself? Oh, man, I'm doing great tonight. What an exciting day for you. Uh, I watched the entire game. I did not have the same passionate uh, response as you because obviously I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of three down football, real football. Uh, (laughs) But congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, Yes, as I've said on this podcast numerous times, I am a long suffering fan of the Buccaneers. Uh, This has been a redemption year, which is fantastic. Um, to your point about the loveliness of the Tampa Bay St. Petersburg area, uh, this stat may or may not be true still, but it is my belief that they have the highest uh, strip club per capita in the United States. So the redneck, like, re- redneck Riviera, buddy, Florida. Yeah, sounds like a destination trip for this podcast in the near future. So there you go, <laughs> some future, some future sponsors for those Canadian lads. This is the. Uh... <laughs> I've I've come up with a we, we're not going to just call it sports night. I was thinking we could call it the scrimmage. We're going to kind of free flow with some things tonight in regards to uh, some of the sports topics of the day. Uh, don't really have a topic du jour in regards to the UFO uh, phenomenon, but uh, I'm sure we can kind of maybe touch on that in future podcasts like we always do. But uh, Jeff, uh, fantastic weekend. Uh, it's 
fucking cold. And I had to throw an F-bomb in there because uh, I'd be remiss to say that I did not say the word fuck all of last episode. So well, got to double down in this one, I suppose. Double down. We double down. Out of boy, Bradley. Out of boy. As far as I can tell, there's no rating system on our podcast. So realistically, if we can bring up taints and anything else, we can just talk about whatever Baby we want. Baby butter. Baby yeah. butter. It's really yeah. whatever we can. I Going back to the Super Bowl really quickly, though, and uh, I have I think I've hosted a Super Bowl party, um, geez, I'm going to say eight of the last nine years, if not last every year for the last decade. This was legitimately... Probably one of those times that it really hit home that the that things have changed for the time being. As I watched the game, like I watched the game with my wife, that was wonderful. It's always good to have good company. She was trying to tell me things during the game that I was not listening to at all. But Tom Brady's married to Giselle. Did well, you know that? She she doesn't even care about stuff like that. It was just th- weird things she wanted to point out. But one of the one of the weird things that happened was she actually went grocery shopping in the first half, and I was kind of like. I'm watching the Super Bowl myself. It's kind of like, well, I'll crack another beer to that, I suppose. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Watching a game that's of that high importance to you, um, maybe it's a good thing you watch by yourself because personally, the emotional highs and lows of some of the Euler games that I've taken in, especially the 2017 playoffs and the collapse of the Edmonton Oilers in game five against the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I was warned that uh, my wife said she would not watch the hockey game with me ever again (laughs) because uh, articles of my clothing started to come off because of the frustration that I was that that I was in. And I don't know why I was pulling clothes off, but apparently I was feeling uh, constrained somehow. And uh, yeah, that's uh, I was that's a lessons learned right there. It's a weird response in regards to being upset about your sports team losing. I was throwing them across the kitchen. Okay. I was throwing them across the kitchen. It's an open concept, you know, living room kitchen. <laughs> I, I threw my Jersey across the living room. Then I threw my hoodie and then I threw my t-shirt. Well, yeah, it was like a Burt Kreischer. I got to take my clothes off while doing my stand-up thing. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I, I I do agree with you, though, actually. When it comes to really emotionally important games, I would actually rather watch it by myself or with somebody, like one or two people who are, at, who are fans of the same team. Like, I do have a friend who is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. It's wild that I was able to find another one in Edmonton, Alberta, but... I don't really want to watch an important Bucks game with people who don't cheer for the Bucks or don't care about football because I always find that those people feel like they need to, hey, you're interested in this. Let me feign some interest. I'm like, I don't want to explain the game to you. I don't want to explain to you why I care. So This is what happens. So either they're sports fans and they they get it or they're just going to be annoying assholes and try to poke fun at you if your team's losing because there's no vested interest. It's just, they think it's funny to, to make fun of you and they don't realize (laughs) the emotional attachment that you have to that team and the amount of stress that it causes you to take articles of clothing off. (laughs) So yeah, that's why I watch games that are of high uh, importance uh, now on your own in in the comfort of my own home. And if I'm in the stands, I now wear like an Apple watch or a Fitbit just to 
kind of monitor my heart rate. <laughs> Your heart rate down. Yeah. I remember being at a uh, Edmonton football, Edmonton, Edmonton football team. Is that what they're called? The double E football team uh, playoffs a few years ago with Calgary. I'm not going to lie. I got a little dizzy. Partially <laughs> what we were sitting, uh, sitting in the stands with the S or the, or the, uh, the Stampeders family and friends section that didn't add to it, add to the stress at all. Not at all. You know? It, so, yeah. It, it's probably important to recognize that if you're watching a sporting event and you have a stroke, that you might be a little bit too invested into it. <laughs> Just I, I was excited. I was I was excited and I was mad. And we won the game, and uh, it was a good day all around. Good day. And I, I didn't end up in the hospital, so that's always good. It's always good. good. I, I do have to give a wonderful shout out. Like uh, going back into where it's like people uh, bugging you while you're watching the game or trying to like get under your skin while your team's getting crushed. Earlier in the season, the Atlanta Falcons just beat the high holy hell out of the Bucks on a Sunday night. And uh, it was when you, you could still gather with your family, or at least maybe it was a reprieve during the thing. And my father and mother-in-law came over for dinner. And the whole game, my father-in-law was like, so uh, this is your team, eh? This is, they look real bad. <laughs> I was like, would you screw off, man? <laughs> but I, always, I do always enjoy a good uh, trash talk, especially from my father-in-law of all people. So... <laughs> I would have told him right up, you know, he can go, you know. Oh, I got drunk. I was yeah. like, I'm like, forget this. If I'm going to listen to this, I'm getting drunk. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to touch on a few of the topics we want to talk about tonight to educate the fine listener of those Canadian Lads podcast. Was it episode 14 or 15 today? I think 14. 14. Chris Godwin. 14. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that. I don't even know who that is. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm, I, I think, yeah, we should get rolling on this because we can't just wax poetic all night. But in regards to closing out the Super Bowl, one thing I did want to bring up now, I was happy that CBS decided to show a bit of the streaker. And I guess I was like, it is, it's fun little thing for the camera to show. Everyone can get behind a streaker. Everyone hopes that he makes it to the end zone. And the guy ran the whole field. So give a little credit and did it while wearing an insane outfit. Luckily he had shorts on that covered up the, the goodies, but I did see a, an interview with this guy. Now this guy could be lying. So I do, I'm not going to put hundred percent behind it, but I do love the idea that apparently he put a $50,000 bet down that somebody would run onto the field during the Super Bowl, And I got to give that guy full props for making that happen. You know, I, I hope that is the case because why would you even want to do that? But if he made a $50,000 bet, and he it paid off for him. Good for him. He won three hundred seventy five thousand dollars for twelve seconds of work, and it cost him five hundred bucks to post bail. That dude won. You know who won? The strip clubs in Tampa Bay that night. Oh yeah, I have no doubt. I love too that like no matter what's going on, whether it be COVID times or anything, like they always cut to the fans celebrating after the game. There was not a mask to be seen. Everyone is like crawling <laughs> on comic I'm like, that's Florida at its best. But yeah, no, go Bucks. I love it. You know what? The game hadn't even started, and I was checking out some of the news stations, and they're like, already, it's a super spreader event. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, did the news. Can they not find something else to pick on? I'm sick and tired of listening about variants and all this. Like, the, the, the COVID boogeyman is still out there of what's going on cases are dropping like crazy so let's uh let's get them some needles in us and go to some sporting events for already and start having some fun again 
Well, don't get me wrong. Like, I can always, like, as somebody who loves sports, I watch a lot of sports. I watch a lot of hockey, soccer, football, uh, baseball. I, I'm, I love it all. I can get where people don't find it interesting or important, but it is a great distraction, and I will take that distraction any day of the week. So getting on to the topics of the night, uh, there's one, a couple things that I wanted to touch on. Uh, one is the National Women's Hockey League and Barstool CEO Eric Nardini. Um, some some news came out over the last couple of weeks and the NWHL actually just had to shut down their their bubble hockey uh, operation to uh, award the Isobel Cup, uh, which is unfortunate. But uh, we can touch on that a little bit in the controversy around that league. And then uh, ideally too, the controversy on why it's not taking off like uh, a rocket, especially in, the, in this day and age. Um, also want to touch on uh the double e football team and their future name there's seven candidates uh for those names i want to go through each one of them one by one jeffrey and get your uh <laughs> opinion on them one by la- one <laughs> yeah and lastly uh sometime during this show you need to go on twitter and see drunk tom brady today was the uh buccaneers uh boat parade Tom Brady now is my favorite football player of all time. And it's not because he won seven Super Bowls and he's the GOAT. It's because he's the GOAT and he partied like it, he was the GOAT today. So he's enjoying himself. If you were a Buccaneer or not a Buccaneers, a Patriots fan over the last number of years and the nine Super Bowls they went to in the six wins, you know, that's corporate Tom Brady. You know what? Fun <laughs> Tom Brady is now in the house. So we're going to touch on that just for a few minutes um, near the end of the show. But uh, yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about tonight? No, no, I, I've got a, I've got a quick baseball story for the very end since we're going to keep on the sports theme. But uh, obviously, I think there's some more important topics in there than others. So let's maybe go from least important to maybe important. But let's let's finish off the football talk and let's go with the Edmonton football team's new name or at least the vote to have a new name. Yeah, for sure. So let's get this scrimmage started, Jeffrey. So let's get right into it here. So there is seven candidates for the new name of the Edmonton football team. And let me tell you, they're all bloody terrible. I was, I was going to say, when you said we we're going to go one by one, I was like, I, <laughs> I might, they're all awful. That's all I've all right, So let's get started. We, we won't spend all night on this one, but it's pretty important because they're for Canadian sports in the Canadian Football League. It's a league that's been around for over 100 years. It's an important league uh, in Canadian culture. Um, so if our fine listeners in Virginia or other parts of the United States want to know, the Canadian Football League is a very important cultural uh, phenomenon in Canada. Um, and the Edmonton Eskimos, I believe a 13 time Canadian football league, great cup champions. I'm pretty sure it's locked in there, but anyways, they had to change their foot, their team name, call it cancel culture, call it, you know, getting with the times and, you know, being progressive, whatever it's done. The, the, the old name is done. The new name is coming. The marketing department at the Eskimo, the Edmonton football team, you guys should be slapped. 
You should be slapped, I say, slapped. These names are terrible. So let's start with the first one on my list. And I'm going to I'm going to throw it in, Jeff, a little bit. I'm going to give you some 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 theatrics. All right. I can tell I can for tell. each one. OK, right. so here we go. We'll start with the first one. Let's welcome to the field. The Edmonton Elements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Elements is ridiculous. I know I know the news tried to throw a little bit of they had somebody interview somebody for every name and try to be like, oh, this sounds really good. What is it? The periodic table of elements? Is it the the weather around us? No, it's a stupid name. I nothing. That's terrible. The P P D chemistry element. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. No, it, like chemistry and football. Here are the elements. Yeah, no, swing and a miss for sure. All right, here's the next one. This one's apparently the most popular one too. It's almost hunting season, and <laughs> one of the most killed animals out there. Welcome, your Edmonton elk. They'll get slaughtered this season. I, I'm not. I'm certainly not advocating for that name. But I will say, like you've already messed up the, the original name tonight. You, we're all going to do that at some point in the next couple of seasons. Everyone kind of just goes with Eskies. Like we, nobody goes with the full name. It's pretty close to the Eskies. So I can see where that would roll off your tongue. I'm going to, I'll put a little gold star next to that one for the time being. If I was the marketing guy for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I'd have a field day with this one. I'd just be like, yeah, you know what? Everybody's going elk hunting this year. It's elk hunting season. And then I'd have a picture of a an elk being, you know, cleaned up in the somebody's garage you know some some hunter taking care of his his fresh fresh kill you you could have the elk i'd have a, you could have the elk eating a watermelon it's kind of like against the uh rough rider thing the elk <laughs> shits that's Mo- what it would happen moving on moving on all right here's the next one don't look directly into the eyes of this one it's the edmonton eclipse <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually pretty impressed that you came up with little intros for every single one of these. Yeah, no, that's I know I know if Edmonton like had more eclipses than anyone else on the planet, maybe I could go with it. No, it's stupid. And also, I think a bank just came out with a Visa card called the Eclipse. <laughs> you want to be called the Charge Cards or something? No, it's stupid. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Here you go. Here's the next one. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know what this is, but it's your Edmonton Elk Hounds. We incorporated elk and a dog. See, here is the thing, and you led into it perfectly. You don't know what it is. I did a quick Google search, actually, when you suggested we talk about this. It's a fierce-looking dog. It looks like a freaking like husky or malamute. I'm sure that's actually what it is, but because of the scary-looking cute dog... I'm in with elk hounds. That's my winner for this little survey that we're doing here. So, and it, it kind of, sorry, it kind of works. Our, we had a, we had a polar bear as a mascot. You could just put another dog creature on the field and it'd be fine. <laughs> All right. Good. Good. All right. Next one. We're already a football team in the United States of America. It's your Edmonton Eagles. 
Yeah, no, you, you summed it up perfectly. That's the exact reason I don't like. Also, my junior high team was called the Eagles, so in no way. <laughs> right. Garbage, right? Garbage, garbage. So far, garbage. all garbage. Okay, I don't, this one's going to... I don't even have an opening. It's... I don't know what this is. It's the Evergolds of Edmonton. Yeah, I, once again, I was going to do a Google search on this one. I don't even know what the... What the hell that's supposed to reference? Like, is it... Why don't we just call them green and golds then, if that's what we're going to go with, just team colors. Like, I know the Browns aren't named after the color of their jerseys, but... Ottawa Red Blacks. They, well, yeah, exactly. It, yeah. The Edmonton green and gold. Yeah. But yeah. because they're cheap, they want to keep it E, so they don't have to change their logos on their helmets or any of the other marketing. That is why. I do kind of appreciate that because I don't want to switch out any of my gear either, but but I'm also not buying a new jersey. Mine's still going to say the old racist name, apparently. But <laughs> no, the Evergolds, the Evergolds I, is the most ridiculous one of them all because it's not even a term. It's not a thing as far as I can tell. It's just, yeah, Evergold. I don't know what that means. We're Evergold. Yeah, that's stupid. It is ridiculous. All right, here's the last one. Shooting across the majestic trees of Edmonton, Alberta, because we're known for vast forests and greenery. It's your Edmonton Evergreens. See, I don't like the name, but the color goes, I like that kind of it. But it's a stupid name. And I think, unless you have some new thoughts on Evergreen. I have a better name. Okay. I have a better name. Okay, let's hear your new name. Okay, so I wrote, I, I put my name in. I wrote a big a thing to the, or the other football team, old name, racist name. Um, I wanted to tie in the success of the organization. They have been known for being one of the top top Canadian football team teams throughout history, um, or at least the last 60 years. Um, they've won a ton of great cups. They've had some of the best players ever, ever to play the game in Canada on their team. Warren Moon, Henry Gizmo Williams, Willie Pless, the Terminator. Um, the Edmonton Elite. Yeah... I heard that brandied about, and I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo your idea because because I'd yell at you. Because yeah, I don't want you yelled at. But no, I I think the ultimate good idea would have been to just remove yourself from the EE thing. I think so too. Start fresh. Yeah. Start with a new color scheme. Start fresh. In my opinion, try to sell the game to kids. Try to sell the game to a new generation of fans. Man, with these names, like the Elk, or it was going to be the Elks, like, that's like, what is that? Like a... That old Man's Club? Old Man's Club, the Elks. I, yeah. And I'm not dissing the Old Man's Club, the Elks, but it ain't, these names aren't screaming, like, progressive, fun, exciting, you know, I don't know. Well, I, so... A lot of people don't know this, and truth be told, I learned this because of a wonderful clothing site that originates out of Edmonton here. But 
Oh, excuse me. Uh, the Eskimos were actually the name of a baseball team that came through this city, and I believe it started in like 1914. So like predates World War One or right when World War One starts. But my point being is I'm wearing the hat of that same clothing manufacturer, Ross Flats. They make Edmonton Trappers gear. Wouldn't it have been wonderful? Because the Trappers are never coming back as a baseball team. Turn it into the football team. Everybody oh, in the awesome. city... Yeah, everyone in the city loves the old Trappers thing. I'm wearing the old school logo baseball hat right now. It's a wonderful logo. You could you could have just wrapped up the whole city with bringing back that name for the football team. And you could have, awesome. you could still have the same color pattern too. It would have worked. You sold me. Yeah, you Thank sold you. me now because hey, yeah. the Trappers did go with green and gold because at one time they were owned by the uh, the same people that own the Edmonton the community team, the Edmonton Football Club. Yeah. So their their color scheme went green and gold for a while. So the Edmonton Trappers would have been awesome. Oh man, why didn't we think of that? Oh, that's right. We don't work in the marketing department for this football team that wants to call their team the Elements Elk Eclipse Elk Hounds Eagles or Evergolds or Evergreens. Which one do you think it's going to be? Uh, I think it will be the Elk. Once again, I think a lot of people would just kind of accept it because of the fact that it sounds like Eskies, or at least it's kind of the closest one to it. As I said, for me, kind of going to what you said, you want to sell this to kids, you want to sell it to the younger generation. I would go with the elk hounds for lack of a better choice, mainly because you'll be able to throw a giant dog mascot out there and people love animals. So just go with that. But at the end of the day, these are... I, I'm not, it's not a controversial opinion. These are loser names. It, this is going to be a bad uh, marketing plot. Uh, market, this, this, this is terrible. It's terrible. I went with the John Scott vote for the All-Star game. I went with the worst name. I actually voted for it just because let's have some fun with it. If they turn out to be the Edmonton Elements, I'm going to laugh my ever-loving ass off. Yeah, well... Fuck who who sorry, now I'm just getting angry. <laughs> I, I, you're right. It'll it'll be something stupid like the eclipse or the elements, and it'll be it'll have no meaning for the city other than the fact that the double E logo will still exist and it'll be a waste. It's it's horrific. Now, truth be told, I'm a sports fan of the city that's gonna continue going to the games. I was gonna go to the games regardless if they changed the name. Um I I am a ticket holder and the team reached out and they said they, they kind of did the good th- a good thing in regards to the fact they reached out to their ticket holders and they said, Are, do you want to see a change? And I pretty much answered all the questions and said, like, I really don't care either way. I'm not, I'm not strong. I don't have a strong opinion about it. But I did say at the end of it from my last comment, do you want to have this conversation every year? Because that's what's going to happen now. So you better, you might as well go look at rebranding if you don't want to address this every year in the media. But... They've gone and addressed it, and they've totally bungled it clean up. <laughs> yeah, they've picked this name already. They've picked it. This is, I guarantee you it's already done. This is just window dressing. I guarantee you. I My gut tells me it's going to be the Elk, because that, essentially that was the first name of the football team before it became the racist name. It was the Elks. Um, so I think they're going to go back to that and, and use that as the name and use that as an excuse to uh, to go with that. But uh, I'm disappointed as a I'm a I'm a I'm a homer as it goes. I love Edmonton sports teams. I love the Trappers when they're in town. Grew up with them. 
I love the other the football team as their previous name. And I voted, yes, change the name, be progressive, whatever, go with it. But come up with something better and try to try to sell it to kids, make it fun. You know, uh, the one thing I do hate about this city is they get stuck in the glory years of uh, of the past in the sense of they don't like changing things up. You know, when they tried to go with uh, the fun CFL jerseys, um, they tried to make it as close as possible to the you know, what they currently have in place. And I'm like, that was a wrong move. You know, they need to like step out of the box, get unique, like, you know, the Oregon Ducks do with their football jerseys, you know, step outside the box, you know, have some fun with it. The Oilers do the same thing. They always go with their traditional colors, the traditional logo. Um, The most famous jersey the Oilers have outside of their Stanley Cup winning jerseys is the Todd McFarlane jersey. So, from a marketing standpoint, they're not willing to take risks with uh, the fan base. And I think they'd be rewarded greatly from a financial standpoint if they took risks um, with the Edmonton sports fan. And I think this football club, if they would have taken a risk, um, and and I think if they would have went down the road of the Edmonton Trappers football club, um, it's tied to the history of the city. It's tied to the sporting history of the city. It would have looked dope. I think the color scheme, the the blue, navy blue, red, and white would have looked really slick. And they won't do it. You're wearing the hat, man. I can see. I can see the colors. I'm not colorblind. No, no. I I, I have a cat meowing behind me. No, um, <laughs> no. And yeah, for a retro third jersey, you go with the teal and black that the Trappers rocked in the '90s when they were the Marlins team. Um. Yeah, you, and that's an opportunity to be a little bit more aggressive with your marketing, uh, sell your jersey a little bit more. I don't want to see them go down the Oregon Ducks route because I think that's a little too much, and that's Nike just pumping out jersey after jersey. But I will say when the Ottawa Red Blacks came back in the league, and Red Blacks is a stupid name, but the plaid jersey, that's kind of cool. I like that. Why not? They, the people doing the marketing for the Ottawa Red Blacks are geniuses. Yeah, they like- tied it into lumberjacks. Nothing more Canadian to, than lumberjacks, and the red and black just tied into the Ottawa Rough Rider, you know, Ottawa Renegade, you know, theme of things. But they had a lot of fun with everything, which I- is awesome. I do have to point out, and it's probably more for the, our one Virginia listener or the CIA. Uh, this is a proud football league. A lot of great, a lot of great history. You mentioned some of the great players that came through the Eskimos. Um, this was an this was a league that was ahead of its time to a certain extent in regards to allowing certain players to play certain positions. And as a fan of the league, I, I take a little bit of pride with that. But this is also a league that at one point had two teams called the Rough Riders, and that was an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, and an owner who owned uh, two teams. Two teams. So. Yeah. So it, it's had its high points and low points uh, and also an American expansion, which did give us some really cool names like the Las Vegas Posse, yeah. uh, the Shreve, Shreveport, Shreveport Pirates, you know, brought the Colts back into the uh, NFL at a certain or sorry, brought the Ravens back in because they were it was the Baltimore Colts, right? The, the Baltimore Stallions, Stallions. Sorry. They were a huge success in the CFL, the only American team to win a great cup. Dave Pringle, you know, running back. Tracy Ham. Mike Pringle? Mike Pringle. Mike Pringle. Mike Pringle. <laughs> Not Dave Pringle. Mike Pringle. Tracy Ham, quarterback. Uh, win the Grey Cup uh, in their last season in the CFL. 
Uh, kind of cool. That's the history, though. They tried to to make it work in the uh, CFL, and I think later down the road, as we get closer to the season, I think if you wanted to expand football in North America, and I'm just going to throw this at you, Jeff, to kind of think about it over the next couple of weeks, and we'll come back to this topic. But I think one of the coolest things you could do if you wanted to expand CFL and football, springtime football in the United States, is you build an alliance with the XFL and you have a North American football championship and you could run outside of the NFL schedule. And I think that would be kind of a cool idea now owned by the rock Dwayne Johnson, um, the XFL tying it in with the history of the CFL, I think could be kind of a cool idea, but I'll let you kind of stew on that one and chew, chew on that one a little bit. I'll, I'll percolate on that one for a little while, but switching gears slightly and kind of going into um, another league that probably needs our attention, uh, the NWHL. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a topic that I definitely want to talk about. So um, the reason I want to talk about it is this. I have a five-year-old daughter. Um, she seems to like hockey. I'm not going to pressure her into the sport. She seems to like to play it. Um, she seems passionate about it. She seems interested in it. Um, when we watch the National League uh, and the Edmonton Oilers, she's you know quite uh, intrigued. She loves the entertaining celebrations of the players. She loves the opening of the Vegas Golden Knights. And most importantly, she loves the awarding of the Stanley cup every year. Um, if they don't get to watch the game, uh, the final game of the year, my son and daughter, they watch on YouTube with me, the awarding of the Stanley cup. And it's a special moment for them. They mimic it. Um, they seem excited. She's not come to me yet and asked dad, when can I win the Stanley cup? Um, which is good. Cause I'll never tell her that she can't win the Stanley cup, but in reality of things, the Stanley Cup is awarded to men's teams, which um, there's a problem now because we have passionate girls who are who more and more playing the sport and they currently do not have a professional league to aspire to get to that's followed by millions. And this is where the story of barstool sports and the national women hockey women's hockey league kind of starts in the sense that I don't know if it's good PR or bad PR, but um, to kind of get started, it was a couple weeks ago and I'm not a promoter of the barstool sports network or barstool as a, as a whole. I know their past has been different, um, but like I was saying to you over the weekend, Jeff, I found that Barstool, Barstool, like many businesses out there, has kind of matured and grown and has taken different strides to be, you know, more legitimate and more mainstream. So Barstool, I don't know if if the listener, you know, follows it or not, but Dave Portnoy, um, big part of uh, Barstool, probably the creator, um, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but their CEO is a lady named Erica Nardini. Um, you've noted that she has a podcast, uh, Token CEO, um, very popular podcast out there. Um, and Erica Nardini is a huge supporter of women's hockey and the National Women's Hockey League. Now, over the last couple of weeks, 
some players and some media members who follow the National Women's Hockey League uh, came out and pretty much stated they didn't want Barstool's um, support. Now, this is the this is what pisses me off in the sense of this league needs all the PR it can get, and any PR I think is good PR. And this is a league that was broadcasting their friggin' games on Twitch, which is like the video game streaming site. So way, way down the dial of people even paying attention from a North American sports standpoint. And fringe, as fringe can be. If you are got a daughter or a family member who's associated with the league you're going to Twitch to watch it. Joe fan like myself or somebody who, you know, wants to have a sports league for their daughter to have them aspire to something. I don't even know how to log into Twitch. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, so to have this person, Erica Nardini, who, has had players on her own personal podcast, which has a ton of listeners, like tons. Like I checked our Instagram uh, followers. There's like 11 million people who follow Barstool Sports. They're almost a billion dollar company. They should be drooling, drooling, trying to get them to help them grow this sport in the United States. Obviously the largest market for professional sports in the world the most progressive opportunity based on the success of other women's sports leagues be it the wnba the premiership has women's teams associated with their their soccer teams there's a man united team a liverpool team the list goes on and the best of the best are aligning themselves with these teams from a women's soccer standpoint and i've watched those games and i'll be honest i like watching women's soccer it's competitive it's fun it's it's a good game it's a good sport to watch women's hockey they need to do some things to not only make it look more professional more entertaining and less bush league and for them to attack somebody who's supporting their league because of the checkered past in that's the whole, this is the whole cancel culture thing and not wanting to align, you know, it's a racist site. Yeah. There's, there's shitty things that happened that they did that I'm sure they're not proud of. But like I said, people mature businesses mature and they've obviously addressed that. And if they haven't addressed it, I'm sure they will. But if be having a, a, a female CEO run this, this company barstool sports is not progressive enough i don't know what is and i don't know what the problem is from the nwhl standpoint and it uh it disappoints me because i'm looking for something to expose my daughter to to have a dream to one day raise let's say the isabel cup which is the championship trophy of the national women's hockey league and you know, grow more teams than just what they currently have. And the only Canadian team I believe is the Toronto six. So, you know, it's, it's disappointing. And you know, I'm sitting back here as a male 
I'm only thinking it from one standpoint is my daughter. You know, if there was a team in Edmonton and my daughter was passionate about it, I would buy season tickets. And I'm sure there are thousands of parents out there that would do the same. So it's something that just really kind of kicked me in, in the ass a little bit. I'm like, why would they not want this person who's obviously a smart businesswoman, a, you know, a leader, a advocate for their league and an advocate for their sport to support them because of their checkered past. I'm going to pass it on to you, Jeff, but then I want to tie it into something else because there are, there's some hip hip hypocrisy. There's some hypocrites here. Yeah. yeah, Hypocrisy. There's some hypocrites here and I'll, I'll tie in that near the end of this topic, but yeah, well, I want to hear I, what you have to say. I, I will say I, I, I admire your passion. Um, I don't have a daughter, uh, but I do see I do see the value in uh, what you're talking about. Uh, I will also give you full credit that while you were going on your rant there, you gave me enough time to have about half of my bourbon. So I'm very happy that you're able to hold that line for me there. But one of the you, you touched on a lot of great uh, topics there. Um, one of the things that I imagine that being a father, uh, you want your children to have equal opportunity in regards to realizing their goals and their illusions of grandeur. And I say illusions of grandeur because I can't think of another way of putting it. But but you, they want to hoist the Stanley Cup. And it's probably – it's important for both of them to be able to have uh, an avenue in which they can probably do that. Now – I don't know what the frustration is of being the best female hockey player in a city and not having a viable solution outside of a college route to continue playing the game I love and make a living of it. I I imagine it's extremely frustrating because that's never been the case really and still isn't currently, unfortunately. Um, I do, you'll have to fact check me and correct me if I'm wrong about this, but obviously the women's game, has been hindered by the fact that there's been two different leagues fighting over uh, players. Uh, one of the leagues has now disappeared, and the the NWHL wanted to absorb some of those teams along the way as well. It they've the, the women's league has gone from I think five teams to four teams to now six teams, so it is growing, which is good. But it's probably it's you've probably hit the nail on the head in regards to the ability to just bring it into the general public and for any one of us to just kind of go about, Hey, I want to show my daughter or Hey, maybe I want to just watch it and just being able to reach out and say like, Hey, I want news stories on this. I want sports stories about this. I want statistics. I want access to the game. And like you said, if they're, if you're putting it on Twitch, well, yeah, I know what Twitch is. It's for video game players and it's for people who want to learn how to play a video game better. I was I was gonna totally humiliate myself. Or be entertained by Ninja yeah. playing Fortnite. That's the only sure. reason I know about Twitch. And my 15 year old nephew told me about it. We're we're gonna find out that Ninja has been dead for three years, and we're just totally <laughs> way off base. But but may God rest your soul. May God rest his soul. But but no, it is one of those things though that you're you're right. It's just like why wouldn't you want to use a bigger platform. And this is kind of what I was thinking about when I was looking at it myself. Okay. Barstool sports, as I said, I, I'm not here to say that it's a good company or a bad company. I don't really know, but I know it's got a lot of followers and 
I know the way I found Barstool Sports was Bill Burr was promoting Rough and Rowdy, which is an event they put up for boxing. Now, it's a total shit show of an event from the looks of it. But you got Bill Burr, one of the largest comedians on the planet, talking about uh, amateur boxing on a giant sports site or one that's at least growing. Do you not want the exposure? Like, I'm not saying to align yourself with the devil, but why not? You, what is the harm in using a platform? And Erica Nardini, I, as I said, I don't know anything about her other than the fact that what her role at Barstool appears to be. But you're right. She seems to be an advocate for the women's hockey game. She brings on women's players on her podcast. She promotes them on Twitter, on Instagram. She's using Barstool as an avenue to do that for her interests. Why not use that exact same road and go, yeah, we want to promote our game. We want to expose people to it. And one of the things I was actually kind of shocked by was I was looking up growth of the WNBA. Now it's it's grown like 70% this year or the previous season, which is it's pretty impressive. The women's soccer game, not even the premiership that you were alluding to earlier, which has the backing of some of the largest soccer clubs on the planet, the North American Women's Soccer League viewership and attendance and interest in it has grown like 500%. Well, nobody in North America likes soccer from what I can tell. As a soccer fan, I can tell you that like it's like the amount of people I talk premiership soccer to is few and far between because nobody cares. But you can't promote hockey in Canada and the Northeast United States. You have to be able to do this. You have to be able to use any avenue you can to grow your game or people aren't going to be interested in it. You can't be passed by women's soccer in this area of the world. So You know what it is? It's incompetent business people. Potentially. I I don't know the reason. I don't know. And I'm going to prefix everything I'm saying with I'm just a casual observer of what's going on. But as I said, I, I don't see the harm in using whatever you can get your hands on. Especially somebody who seems that to be wanting to promote it, wanting to see it grow. You know, I would go to with to Barstool with a business proposal and say, hey, we need to grow this league. You're an advocate. We need to pull on your business expertise as a CEO of his almost a billion dollar company. What can you do to help us grow? How can we both make money from this to one obviously make the league a success and make money, but two, put money in the pockets of the players to make them successful, to have professional careers where they can, you know, have viable financial opportunity from it, you know, marketing as well. Like it's just, it's disappointing to see like this really jumped off the page of me. And this is obviously I'm, I'm coming straight out as a dad, somebody who wants my daughter to, you know, have success. And if it's, you know, in hockey, the girl's five, she might just go right into dance and say, dad, I never want to see another hockey game in my life. That being said, she wants to play next year in an all girls league. Dad, I want to ha- make friends. I want to play with other girls. I think that's awesome. That's the best reason to go out and play sports is to build relationships. And then if she, you know, wants to drive herself and be successful, she should have an opportunity, something long down the road, a dream like we all had when we stepped on a field or stepped on the ice as kids, you know, with that kind of passion and 
you know, she need, they need opportunity, you know, and that's, it's coming from a good place. Like where I'm coming from is coming from a good place. What, what makes me angry is that when you're not having success, you don't get the chance to be picky choosy. And like you said, yeah, don't make a deal with the devil, but this is where I go back to the hypocrite comment. I don't see too many women's hockey players making any complaints about going to the 2022 Olympics in Beijing, China with the human rights violations and all the other stuff that goes on with the communist country of China. I don't see too many women's hockey players coming out and boycotting their chance to go to the Olympics. And the reason they're not, it's because it's the biggest stage for them to put put themselves on display as athletes in the best in their in their game but they can pick and choose who they want to promote their their sports league um it comes off a bit hypocritical and um it kind of loses some of the uh you know respect that you know people should have for what's going on here because if you're not willing to do one thing but you're willing to do the other tell me i'm wrong i guess Come at me, bro. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be the one coming at you. But uh, before I address that last thing you said, um, I, I want to back up a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, one of the most important things you can do for your sport is exposure, uh, which is pr- actually is bang on of what you're trying to say about the Olympics and everything like that. But in a world where – I'm going to very much focus on Canada here. But in a world where we do have women athletes who – are heroes in regards to their achievement on the athletic field and become can become household names in every sport. It's unfortunately it's going to take a whole community. It's going to take everything that Lee can do to promote those players. Christine Sinclair is a national hero on the soccer field. Absolutely. Scores has scored the most goals in, in the women's game. And I couldn't tell you where her club team is. I know there is a club team. I couldn't tell you where it is. Uh, Shannon Zabados. Same thing. Canadian goaltender. Uh, might even be a local girl. She's from her. Edmonton. She's from Northeast Edmonton. North, North uh, Edmonton. She, uh, I think she went to the to our alma mater, the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, if I'm not Wonderful. Sure. Excellent. Yeah. But, but uh, once again, because of uh, national coverage from, the, from TSN and Sportsnet, we know who she is. She's had an opportunity to live her athletic life uh, and is allowed to do that. And I'll go to Kia Nurse finally as well because of the TSN connection and the WNBA. But the thing that goes behind all of these athletes is sponsorship. It's all about throwing the names out there, throwing the faces on posters, letting us get to know who these people are. Because at the end of the day, uh, especially younger fans of sports now, it might even become a thing where you don't cheer for a team. You cheer for an individual athlete. You look at how many people walk around wearing NFL jerseys, uh, baseball jerseys, hockey jerseys, who are just, I love Austin Matthews. I love Odell Beckham Jr. You don't even care about the Cleveland Browns, but you're going to follow that player. But in order to do that, and in order to promote these individuals, you have to promote your league and build a base in which those individuals can jump from. And if you're going to miss opportunities to do that, these people are just, unfortunately, they're just not going to get the recognition they've probably deserved along the way. So, yeah, and then at the end of the day, going to the Beijing Olympics, 
And yeah, I get the moral objection to that. I will point out that when the free world boycotted the Moscow Olympics because of uh, Russia invading Afghanistan, nothing changed. So your moral stance really doesn't do anything for the world changing because that's how this works, unfortunately. But yeah, it's just like... It just seems like there's a bit of a double standard there, right? Like, yeah, we don't want this female CEO of a successful business to support our league because of their their troubled past. But but I'm a, I, I'll, I'm jumping on a plane to, be, plane to Beijing, you know, go play for my gold medal for my country. Um, you know, it's it it is tough. I I'm not going to take the moral high ground on this and say that if you're an athlete who has trained for 12 years and now the opportunity to do this has come up, you're, you should walk away from it because of the moral objection. The Olympics is the Olympics, regardless of where it is. But yeah, are you going to sit there and go like, well, I'll go to the Olympics in Beijing, but I'm not going to have somebody controversial promote my sport. Yeah, th- that's that's a tough question to answer along the way. You have to look at it from both both sides. And I know I'm not going to go down this whole path, but it, it is it is similar to the BLM movement in North America or the world, actually. And then the NBA not saying anything about human rights issues in China. And let's face it, there is hip- hypocrisy behind the dollar. That's not world breaking news. Everyone knows that. But it is unfortunate because you have people who have a platform who could really just take a moral stance or much like going back to Tom Brady a little bit, Tom Brady takes a lot of heat because he doesn't take moral stances on things. You can be like, well, I don't care. Or maybe I do care and I care behind closed doors, but I'm going to protect my brand. And let's never forget that Jordan was one of the best people for that. When he was asked to take a stand against Republicans, he's like, Republicans buy shoes too. Fair comment in my opinion. That's the thing. When you're playing professional sports, you know, there comes that whole, you know, fan allegiance and we've turned professional sports in North America uh, a lot almost into religious type, you know, you know, aspects, right? Like we're not talking, you know, that people are, you know, dying on the sword kind of thing, but, you know, people take it seriously and they align themselves with their teams and they take things seriously. And, um, I think they just could do a better job of selling themselves, um, align themselves with, you know, people that want to support them, man. If somebody wanted to help, if, if I was the commissioner of the NWHL and I had, a successful business person say, I want to help you. I'd be like, come, let's meet. Let's talk about how we can make this a success, not chastise them in, in the public because they criticized you. And, uh, and then you want an apology. I don't, I don't think so. Like, you know, line up, line up for the dollars, bud, bud, you know, get some help. Well, I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of a different uh, stance on this too. And like, don't get me wrong. I, I agree with everything we've been talking about in regards to, Uh, Take the marketing when you can take the marketing effectively. Expose everyone to the game when you can. I'm going to apologize in advance because this might be controversial. But one of the things that I've noticed too, and as somebody who gets to go to a lot of hockey games, and when you watch the games too, you see a lot of, excuse me, I apologize. You see a lot of women in the stands enjoying the games. Women are sports fans. 
at least there's a there's a, a chunk of the t- uh, population that's large enough to probably support a women's league, no matter what sport it is, effectively. But when you watch the TV coverage of these leagues and these crowds, there's not a lot of women sitting in the stands. The stands aren't full. And why why is it that, you know, it's not even 50%, it's 50% of the population, but why, why can't 50% of the population get behind the greatest people of their sport, of their sex? And I'm not saying that that means that men can't love the WNBA or women can't love the NBA. But why is it that there's not enough uh, support from the same same sex for these leagues? And I think that's one of the major issues here is that either there's not an interest from that group. And let's face it, like we were talking about earlier, your interest in this is because of your daughter. You want your daughter to be able to see these people. It's going to be a a female um, vision of what's going on that's going to drive these leagues success. So why isn't there a shit ton of women wearing WNBA jerseys, going to the uh, March Madness Women's Tournament, going to the WNHL and watching these uh, athletes play their game? Why is that? Is, is there not a support? Do they not care? And that's one of the issues I kind of have with this too. It's just like everyone is, we always thrust all of society needs to support everything, but you have 50% of the population that doesn't seem to care about the product that they're putting out. It's because the exposure to men's sports has been around for the last hundred years. And it's, I, I think it's accessibility is the main, the main thing. You know, it's not in your face like it is on on a nightly basis in front of your face. Um, it hasn't been sold at the grassroots levels hard enough, you know, to children to become fans of those sports teams. There's not enough teams. You look at the NWHL, there's not enough teams in each of these cities. I really think the NHL, if they had the comfort factor, and I think there is not a comfort factor for NHL owners or the NHL as a whole yet to, align themselves yet with what's going on the nhl at the all-star game last year had a showcase of the best women players in north america they killed it it was awesome it was the most entertaining part of the all-star weekend it was a three-on-three exhibition of the best players in north america and it was the most talked about piece over that weekend there has been, and you can blame COVID or, or whatever, but there's been zero traction and zero momentum made off of that situation. Now, the NWHL just canceled their season um, six days ago because of COVID issues within their bubble. Another example of, you know, not being successful. And yeah, a virus can spread, but guess what? In other bubbles, um, they got through it in other sports leagues and other, other situations. And I think that comes down to the financing that they have and the financial support to, you know, to lock it down as well. So I don't know. It's, it's disappointing to see because it's, it seems like it's a sports league that's being fumbled around and they can't get any momentum and traction when other um, women's sports leagues are starting, like you said, starting to thrive and get traction and hockey is obviously a passionate sport. You love it. I love it. 
And yeah, I have a daughter and, and I want her to have something to strive for in a sports if that's her wish and goal. But the other side of things too, I'm a passionate um, Canadian who I follow the women's hockey in the Olympics as much as the men's hockey. And those games are more passionate and more contested than, than the men's men's league. The, the U S Canada rivalry in women's hockey by, by far is the most, you know, energetic, um, fun, uh, rivalry, hated rivalry between two teams in, in sports today. And for it to get its due, they have to wait four years to keep it going. Right. Nothing would make me happier to see a professional women's team in Edmonton and a professional women's team in Calgary and grow that rivalry. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. But see that, that goes to my point a little bit in regards to there needs to be a segment of the population that's pushing for this to take place. They have to be demanding to see this product and they're not. And once again, somebody's going to call me an asshole for saying this, but yeah, I agree with you. The women's uh, Olympics, uh, Olympic hockey, hockey teams, they are extremely passionate. But unfortunately, the women's tournament is two teams. And just like the juniors, there's there's a huge drop off on uh, the style of play and in regards to the skill set that's available in the world. Now, that is part of growing the game. You're going to have to let countries catch up. And for the time being, is Canada, USA. But yeah, it looks fantastic every four years. But I never hear anyone clamoring to see more of it. And quite frankly, it's not going to be me as a sports fan that's clamoring for it. It's got to be somebody else. And as I said, there's a segment of the population that's not demanding to see more of it. And that's why this isn't going to work. Now, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. There needs to be exposure. People need to see like, hey, that was a great game. I did actually really enjoy that. I do want to see more. But we've already seen a lot of it at the high end and people still ignore it. And I don't know how to change that. I think it's a topic that we got to discuss, you know, as we move through, you know, this whole situation. Um, It'd be nice to see what they do for the, uh, the, you know, the 2021 season, whenever they're going to start up, be it the fall um, with potentially maybe fans in the stands they were going to be broadcast on NBC sports, which would have been huge. Um, but like I said, it's, it needs, it, it needs a professional firm to support it. It needs a professional marketing department. Um, everything that I've, I've gone on their social media, I've watched some of their highlights. It's like watching men's league hockey being filmed out of the, the barn at the river Creek casino, right? Like, one camera, you know, if you're going to sell this thing and you're going to make a loss on it, make it count. Cause if it gets traction, you know, maybe you'll, you'll, you'll attract some sponsors and there are great players, great personalities, role models, you know, in this league. Um, and, and, and it was funny, um, Natalie Spooner, she's a Canadian player, probably one of the best in the world. Um, I caught some of the stuff she was doing on Instagram uh, this this winter. Um, she is funny. She is like got a great personality. She was poking fun at this situation. I just happened to catch her uh, 
I actually TSN shared her uh, her fun little Twitter or Instagram thing she did. Um, I showed my daughter. We laughed. Um, it was it was cool. You know, it was it was cool that I was able to catch that as just a casual fan. Um, but there you go. But uh, of course, there's interesting athletes that do this, and phenomenal athletes, and people who are way better at their sport than most of us could ever hope to be. But but that's exactly it. It's just like. Oh, I saw one person doing one thing. It's just like it's got to be all over the place. I'm going to sum it up with one with one thought. It's whoever is running any of these leagues and the WNBA did this right. They aligned with the NBA and they said, "We're taking your support, we're taking your money." And along the way comes growth. The WNBA, NHL, whatever women's hockey league wants to exist. Now there's not any competition because one of them got wiped out. Take the NHL's money. Take NBC, take Barstool, take whatever you can and stand there and tell the population you want to sell this game to sisters before misters. Sell the game to women who want to watch the game because that's who's going to become your playing force and that's who's going to watch it in the long run. So you better do that. I like it. I like it. I was trying to do a better voice with sisters before misters, but I I couldn't (laughs) do it. So. As I just tried to do it again, but anyways, I, as I, said, I would I would love to see it succeed. I just I don't see the game plan working per se because as I said, I'm not going to be the one that goes and buys the season tickets. I but there's a possibility you will be because you want your daughter to see it, and your daughter will want to see it. But they need to sell the game to her. That's how this works. I I wanted to have that experience like I had when I was a kid. You know when you see you know the Wayne Gretzky of the league or the Mark Messier of the league walk by at, at this, at the stadium. And, you know, you look up and you see these players, these people that are, that are bigger than life, you know, that you look up to. And, you know, as a kid, these are, these are heroes. They're larger than life, you know, people, you know, larger than life. They're, they're stories. They're, they're myths, you know, like these are the, the, the gladiators of our time. And I want, you know, little girls and little boys, whoever wants to follow it to, you know, have that opportunity, um, the same opportunity that men do. And that's where I'm, uh, that's where I'm going, coming at from this is that take it, run with it, use the marketing, you know, let Barstool be involved, you know, do you know how much exposure they got just by having this negative news story? Like, Tons. You got Dave Portnoy doing one of his, his press conferences on Instagram about this talking about the NWHL that they, they have like 9 million or 11 million like followers. You know, people listen to that. That's probably the most news they ever got. I would assume 9 million people. (laughs) Anyway, no, I, I I think we're roughly on the same page. And quite frankly, uh, we'll need to track somebody down who's more intelligent in this matter than myself and maybe fill me in on some misconceptions I have or maybe some better ideas. But I, I do think that, you know, the opportunity is ripe to grow a league such as the WNHL. Uh, why not go about, why not just, sorry, NWHL, I keep mispronouncing that, but why not go about getting it set up the right way, so... Anyways, I, I agree 100%. We're going to segue. The show's almost over tonight. Uh, I do want to touch on uh, Tom Brady 
one and then you have a, a baseball story to, to end, end the show with. But uh, I need to talk about the parade today in Tampa Bay. Um, I don't I didn't see Tom Brady at previous Patriots Super Bowl parades, but as you are a fan of the mighty Buccaneers, the two time Super Bowl champions, um, I need you to go and check this out after the show. But Tom Brady, he, he enjoyed the shit out of himself today. And he was with his family. He was on a boat. He <laughs> had the Vince Lombardi trophy with him. Um, this Throw man, he threw it. He threw it to threw Gronk. Another, threw it to another boat. <laughs> over water. And he hit it like he hit Gronk, you know, for those touchdowns on Sunday afternoon. Two times. Uh, but this is a guy who is enjoying himself. And you talk about the brand, the you know, the Tom Brady brand. In this last year, and I don't know if it was because of the Gillette family and the Patriots, and you know, he's the the shining, you know, um, you know, the brand essentially of that organization. But uh Tom Brady has come into Tampa Bay as his own man. Um, and you'll see the scene, Jeff, but basically this is this is it that you know it was post parade. And Tom Brady needed some support to walk out on his own accord out of the parade. And I love that. This is the greatest football player, the one of the greatest athletes of all time. He had some, he had some, some beverages, some adult beverages. He enjoyed the parade. No harm, no foul. Didn't hurt anybody smiling, you know, enjoying it with his teammates. Like I said, throwing that Vince Lombardi trophy from us and a boat that looked to be about 20 feet away, hitting Gronk right in the hands with the trophy. Um, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Now I'm not a, I'm not an NFL fan per se, but I'll probably be watching Tom Brady more next year. I'm not a fan of the Buccaneers. I'm now a fan of Tom Brady. I w- I do like the idea that you're going to, uh, when your daughter is telling you about her uh, women's hockey league championship, you're going to be losing your mind going, Hey, I remember Tom Brady throwing a trophy one time when he was drunk. But he, <laughs> no, it is. I, I do. Tom's obviously one of those guys who he is under his own label at all times. He does the TB 12 method. He is goes on talk shows and talks about, it. he doesn't eat tomatoes or strawberries because he is so deep into his own thing. So there's a possibility that he had like two Coors Lights and he just couldn't handle it along the way. But <laughs> no, it's always great to see uh, a guy like him cut loose. And, you know, he should enjoy it. He is going down in history as the GOAT. He just won with a bunch of teammates. I could only imagine the celebration that took place amongst those guys. And, you know, he should enjoy it. So I'm happy for him to do so. 43 years old. Yeah. I'm 41. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way, actually. <laughs> I'm 41 years old. This guy has won seven Super Bowls, been in 10 of them. He, at 43, and honestly, if the Bucks are not the favorites going into next year to win back-to-back titles... They're not. Oh, whatever. That just just shows what I know about the National Football League. No, no. It it shows what you don't bet on. (laughs) That's the problem. Betting odds aren't giving them the shot. But you know what? No. I 
I will I'll throw it out here. They'll be in contention next year. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're uh that division is ripe for them to get to the playoffs again. Uh I unless something catastrophic happens, I expect them to totally make the playoffs again. Uh KC is the favorite to go to the Super Bowl again. And I know Green Bay is up there and uh, whatever. Other teams. I think Tampa's fourth or fifth. But no, they've got a good year ahead of them coming. Uh Tom, as long as he is playing well, is good. Um that's that's the stupidest statement I've ever made. But the <laughs> Yeah, but, he's the greatest of all time. He 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 played a good season. As long as he plays well, he's good, right? No, but the the, the thing being is um unfortunately Father Time is undefeated. Um uh, it's impossible to say if Tom will drop off a cliff next year because he just had a fantastic year. But we saw the same thing with Brett Favre, we saw the same thing with Peyton Manning. Unfortunately, Time catches up with you. Personally, I hope he goes until he's 46 or 47 if he's going to continue playing well for the Buccaneers, but good for him. Uh, Speaking of older athletes, I saw an interesting story about Randy Johnson. Now, some of our listeners may not remember Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, geez, might be in his 50s for all I can tell at this point. But a hard-throwing pitcher in baseball. uh, The big unit. The big unit. Former Montreal Expo and Seattle Mariner. And I think Diamondback and yeah, he was a Diamondback. He was Diamondback and a yeah. Yankee. Probably best known for pushing over a reporter in New York when he arrived in New York and, and killing a bird and killing a pigeon. <laughs> so that's uh but exactly in the context of killing a pigeon, Randy Johnson was giving an interview where he talked about how he kept a bag of baseballs under his bed in case he had a home intruder. I love one that this guy had enough confidence in his arm to say that like at 3 a.m on possibly a few whiskeys, he can wake up and throw a fastball at some dude's face and protect his family. Wonderful. I love it. Two, if you broke into Randy Johnson's house and he pegged you with a fastball, that's almost better than getting away with his World Series ring. You'd be like, this is phenomenal. (laughs) You're in jail the next day and you're like, what happened to your face? Randy Johnson hit me in the face with a baseball. With a baseball, right? Awesome. I, awesome. I was trying to steal his Rolex. I, I, I love that. Randy Johnson's going to use his god, his uh, gift, god gifted ability to like protect his family by hurling a fucking baseball at people. So. Do you know how bad that would hurt? Oh, it would, it's a possibility it could kill you if it was in the right spot. He in the temple, he'd probably kill you. <laughs> right in the temple. That's what I was say. Right in the fuck <laughs> fucking temple. So. I enjoyed the crap out of tonight's episode. Uh, truth be told, I'm on three hours of sleep, so I can't believe we made it an hour and 15 minutes. But I got to drop off. So, any closing thoughts, Brad? Well, before you go nighty-night, I want to wish you all the best. I thought this was a fantastic episode. It's the scrimmage, the version, the sports version of those Canadian Lads podcast. We look to bring you more exciting episodes. Jeffrey, that's all I got tonight. So to you, the fine listener, I'm just going to leave it there and say good night. All right. Good night, everybody. Stay warm. Stay warm. It's minus 40 outside. It sucks. <laughs>